Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. I'm loving that smooth groove music that they picked for me to bring in hour two. Um, but just because we like we like it on the smooth side when it comes to music doesn't mean we're not going to continue to hit it hard like we always do with all of the topics, whether it's our one or our dose. OK, um, in fact, we're going to be hitting it hard because in this hour, because who did you guys remember that? It, I know we've had the holidays. We had Christmas. We had New Year's um, where this is the first week of the new year. Much happening. Um, but we've got a little bit of an anniversary happening on Saturday, and it is the anniversary of January 6th. And yes, we must be talking about that in this hour. And we actually have a special guest joining us in a moment at, to discuss, as well as an interesting poll result that came out much to the dismay of the left. Before we get into that, I got to bring in my partner who's with me every night of the week. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. Broccolini. It's really hard to believe it's been almost what three years. Yeah. Since uh wow. Um, but I'm glad yeah. we're still talking about it. People need to know about it and they need to know all the nitty gritty, and there's so much there. And there's some good journalists on X who've thankfully brought a lot of information to light. Um Yes, yes. And one of which is uh Julie Kelly, mm-hmm. who literally yep. has dedicated her life since then, writing a, the book, the a book literally wrote the book on it, uh, wrote a book on the subject, as well as followed all the Jan six cases and spent a lot of time in courtrooms following it. And it really has been a shocking, just when you think you couldn't be shocked enough with the weaponization of our government in terms of using the intelligence community, the FISA courts, the FBI and the DOJ to spy on and then to persecute and prosecute a presidential candidate uh, to try to get him removed from the White House, to try to take down and persecute and prosecute anybody in his orbit. Then we saw an attempt by the government to, to declare 75 million MAGA voters as insurrectionists who deserve to be persecuted and prosecuted because they dared to question the outcome of an election. And there was a, and, and there was the excuse and the exploitation of some bad actions that took place on January 6th. And un, unfortunately, or fortunately for, for us and unfortunately for the left, there was some good journalists. There was some good Americans who started asking questions and pointing out that things just didn't add up. And that while, yes, there were some bad actors, it began, began, began to seem obvious that some of those, if not all of those bad actors, were actually a part of the U.S. government. And fortunately... Many people wouldn't let up. We can we just continued. I say we because I like to think that I was one of the people that just continued to push back against the false narratives 
and continue to ask questions, continue to follow the people like Julie Kelly who are putting out the truth. And now we actually have a, 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 what I think is a shocking result that almost three years later, as the left continues to persecute and prosecute Americans, a lot of people have wised up to the truth. Sesame Broccolini, I want you to play this clip from MSNBC with these Washington Post WAPO poll results. Um, I'll let the I'll let the clip speak for itself. The Washington Post is out today with a new poll that found that 25% of Americans, 25%, believe the false conspiracy theory that the January 6th insurrection was instigated by the FBI. Joining me and Michael for <laughs> 25% what you don't hear, but you could have seen visually, is that another 20, almost 29% say they aren't sure. You add those wow. two numbers together, and you've got a majority of people who either think the FBI squarely believe that the FBI organized it, or many that think it's a real possibility. And I'm glad that there are some people, um, because we actually had a lot of conservatives that were hand, you know, gnaw-boning and just hysterical over what happened on Jan 6. And on Jan 6, three years ago, I said, hold up. Something ain't smelling right here. Um, and, and, and it's so important that we get to the truth because Americans to this day are being held as political prisoner in a Gitmo in the D.C. area that are literally gulags. The man who wrote the book on that, the American Gulag Chronicles, joins us now. It's Tim Rivers. Tim R Rivers, thank you for being here on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. So, Tim, you've written a book uh, chronicling, literally, the hell that American citizens have been put through, including being denied bail and thrown into gulags and in solitary confinement. This continues to this day as we approach this third anniversary in which Joe Biden says he's going to go, is reportedly going to go to some civil war. I can't even remember where he's going to go now. Um, he's put out a new ad saying that his reelection is about fighting for democracy while Americans are sitting in the gulag. Your, your thoughts? Well, we know that's, that's a false, that's completely false. And, um, I got I got to make a real quick correction. I didn't really write this book. The men and women who were being mm. persecuted by the government wrote this book. It's their letters. It's their art. Their stories. I mean, I I put it in chronological order for you. I introduce it. But when it comes right down to it, the author of these two books, not one but two, um, because there is a second year that has now been chronicled as we enter the third year. Um, it's it's these men and women. It's their it's their cry to America. It's their story that they want America to hear. It's their testimonies of what happened and what's going on to them with them right now. Um, it's a very personal and very historical book. And the second one is even it's actually larger than the first book. Um, and I believe it's it's a little more potent to tell you the truth. It's certainly more beautiful. Well, um, it breaks my heart literally that we have Americans writing letters as political prisoners and they are alone. Well, they have friends like you that are helping to get their stories out. They've got some good representation. I personally know some of the attorneys trying to help them. They've got people like Julie Kelly sitting in the courtrooms, giving her life up in, in terms of time to document what's going on, but this should not be happening in the United States of America. 
And it's, it's Valley Forge where President Biden is going to to mark the third year anniversary as, you know, uh, as though he's the fighter for, for what this country was founded on, as though he's on the side of the patriots that saved us from King George and fought for the Revolutionary War. And, you know, and it's astounding to me because the patriots are sitting in a gulag, aren't they? Yeah, they're actually they're all over the country now. If you go to our website at j6patriotnews.com, that's the letter J num, uh, number six, patriotnews.com, click on that button that says jail updates. You're going to see a picture of the United States and a map with push pins everywhere. Uh, every one of those pins represents a facility where a January 6th defendant is being held. Uh, and, and we've really quit calling them prisoners. We've started calling them hostages. Because prisoners have rights, and these, these people really don't have rights. They've been denied due process. They've been denied uh, medical care. They've been denied physical you know, grooming care, denied the ability to even cut their hair or, or shave, uh, denied pastoral care. Really, it, it's, this, nobody's ever seen anything like this in America, never. Um, at least not documented as well as we have documented this. And I think, like you said, uh, Mr. Biden's narrative – is so patently false and empty. But more importantly is, is the DOJ's narrative that they pushed for three years is coming apart in giant chunks. I mean, big pieces are falling out of this wall of lies right and left. And there's a new documentary that was launched on um, at midnight on January 1st. It's called J6, The Real Timeline. Um, and it's a three-year effort. You know, all of these videos that you've been seeing coming out in bits and pieces and things from parlor and people's cell phones and axon cameras and CCD footage. It's so confusing because there's nothing in order. And this movie, this, this incredible documentary, takes all of these things and puts them in time order for you. You can see when President Trump is speaking at the same time. You see violence breaking out at the, at the Capitol building. Now you can see when things really happened and the order in which they happened, and it completely destroys the DOJ's narrative. Um, I think the SCOTUS cases are critical, the, the yes. obstruction of justice case, the trespass and remaining on restricted ground. Both of those are up for Supreme Court and, and, um, and SCOTUS decisions. If any of those fall, the DOJ's cases against hundreds and hundreds of January 6ers will dissolve. Well, unfortunately, well, and, and, and we need to pray for, and we need to pray for that. Um, we need to support them. We need to be um, we need to be getting this book. Are they if people get this book, how do we correspond back with them? How do we let oh, them know that they're loved and we're praying for them? Well, I, you know, to get the book, it's very easy. You go to letters from prison It's really easy to remember because that's what they are. Letters from prison You'll find both the first book and you can pre-order the second book, which will be shipping in just a few weeks. Um, and the money from that book, from both of those books, goes to a nonprofit that takes care of the January Sixers, helps with their legal fund, their travel to court, takes care of their families and their children. Um, and if you want to write to these guys, you can do this. That's how I got involved. It's so easy. You just go to Patriot Mail Project. I'll say it again. PatriotMailProject.com. Choose one of your there's – there's a function there where you can get the list. You can see all of the prisoners. Choose one from your state, somebody who's really, you know, kind of allied with you and write to them. Um, they just had a very rough Christmas, and, and now they're 
entering their third year of incarceration with these trials and these these incredibly biased juries and courts. Um, and it, it means everything for them to know that Americans, one, have not forgotten them, but two, still believe in them, still have faith uh, that what they did was correct, that they are patriots and not criminals. Um, and you can Absolutely. make a huge difference. I mean, how easy is that? An envelope, a stamp, a couple of pieces of white paper, and a message of care. Um, you can make a huge difference. Again, patriotmailproject.com. Can they receive, I doubt it, um, but can they receive any kind of care package? Can they receive cookies, sanitary products, no. hand sanitizer? Yeah. They, you really can't. They don't let anything into those prisons. Um, there are programs. If, if anybody is on Telegram, you can join the Prisoner's Record Campaign. Um, and that's where we have at least a, a, a half a dozen different organizational groups of, of uh, people who are working to fulfill commissary, to make sure that the ones who can get food packs are getting them appropriately every month, that uh, the, tele the tablets for their communication with their families and their supporters are paid. There's so many ways you can help. Uh, I always recommend, you know, start, you can start right there at patriotmailproject.com. You can visit our website at j6patriotnews.com, and you'll find links to get into involved with all of these projects. Um, Americans need to wake up because the one thing besides the gratitude that every single letter that I read says, thank you so much for writing to me, for not forgetting about me, for taking care of my family, but every single one of them says, you have to act now because you are next. Um, yes. And that, it, it seems to be true. It seems this administration knows no bounds, that if you oppose it in any way, you don't agree with its political panorama, that you are then bound for the gulag. Uh, and most people don't think it could happen to them. But if you read these letters from these ordinary men and women, folks that you work with, folks you play golf with, folks you go to church with, you will be amazed at what this government is willing to do. And it's it's incredibly disturbing. And to think that Joe Biden's going to go to Valley Forge, uh, you know, and trample the graves of those that fought and died uh, for our freedoms while they're trampling, literally trampling and destroying the Constitution and the freedoms of Americans is something that we all need to wake up and push back against. Thank you so much for being here, Tim Rivers. God bless you. Appreciate it. His book is Letters from Prison. That's part one. And part two is Art of Confinement. And that is coming out in a few weeks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. And America, don't do nothing. That's right. Don't do nothing. I love it. All right. In fact, you guys need to come on back. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, but we'll be right back. So don't go away. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, we were talking to Tim Rivers, who's, well, I, I keep saying that he wrote the book. He didn't really write the book um, in, in terms of the Gulag Chronicles, the American patriots stuck in, in uh, federal government gulags right now, but he compiled their book, their letters, uh, from prison, and um, if you miss if you miss that interview or any part of the show, definitely download the podcast because we have forgotten 
about that our, our Congress people aren't visiting them. They've been completely forgotten about. Think about being a political prisoner in jail in the United States of America in solitary confinement, some of them are, over the holidays, over Christmas, simply because of a political opinion that you have. Unbelievable, should not be happening in this country, particularly given the fact that at the same time as we're about to come upon the three-year anniversary of Jan 6, the Epstein files are being released, which is, talk about chronicles. I mean, chronicles of pedophilia, chronicles of high-profile people hanging around a pedophile. We don't know the extent of which a lot of the names coming out were actually uh, part of the pervert brigade who, brigade who raped young women. Um, but Sesame Broccolini, one of the names that struck me that was on the list. Some of them we already knew about, you know, big deal that, you know, um, not everybody that flew on his jet was involved in the pedophile ring. I do not believe for a second that Naomi Campbell, one of the OGs of the supermodels back in the nineties was involved in pedophilia. Okay. Anybody believe that? Come on now. I also don't believe Alan Dershowitz was involved in that. He's been begging to have all the records of him released to clear his name, but Stephen Hawking, that dude was a perv. Your thoughts? Yeah, I will. I, I maybe it sounds like you're not surprised. I was pretty I'm surprised. I'm not surprised at all. And and I watched the that movie about him. I didn't really know anything about Stephen Hawking, and then I watched the movie about him, and you know, and that gal who married him. Mm-hmm, I mean, he mm-hmm. didn't. He wasn't wheelchair bound when they met. And but he was a perv. He was a well known porn you know, pervy porno dude, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I, and again, it's, it's not to necessarily say that there's evidence of a crime that's been committed yet, but it certainly True. seems suspicious. It certainly seems suspicious. And I, I just don't know. Cause I'm, I'm looking at it. Like there's so many people that are well, that are connected to Jeffrey Epstein, but you would think some of them had to, had to have known and should have known better. I mean, Donald Trump knew better. He banned Epstein from Mar-a-Lago for hitting on an underage girl. So Donald Trump could see right through Epstein from day one. So you mean to tell me someone like Bill Clinton couldn't? You mean to tell me that someone like Stephen Hawking couldn't? Hawking, he may have been pervy, but Stephen Hawking wasn't a dumb guy. I'm sure he could put two and two together. Well, exactly. And, you know, and there could also be scenarios where you've got pervies like Stephen Hawking that are down there, you know, uh, you know, on uh, Pedo Island interacting with women just being skeezy, mm-hmm. you know, adult mm-hmm. women. Right. I mean, not everybody that was involved in, in Epstein necessarily was involved in underage girls. I mean, Epstein could have also been trafficking in adult women doing skeezy stuff. You know, um, so, you know, I think that there was a variety of different types of depravity that might have been involved here. And that's actually what I was thinking of when it came to Stephen Hawking. Like, was he, you know, because there's no other reason for Stephen Hawking to be involved in Epstein. I mean, Hawking lived in the UK, right? Um, to To be flying all around in his wheelchair but for to be, you know, um, getting pleasured in some ways by some other women, right? I, I mean, I could be wrong. That's just what I'm imagining. So I'm not accusing anything. Certainly not when it comes to pedophilia. But I think we need answers. And I don't care if somebody's dead or not, because Stephen Hawking passed away, if I remember right. Um, I think we need answers. I think we need investigations on all who are involved. Now we're finding out that uh, some of the information shows 
that he might have been involved in um and as working undercover for the government the cia in particular the intelligence community in order to um uh you know um what's the word i'm looking for um almost like run a sting so it's like uh the federal government's like a, a blackmail operation for for the intelligence agencies that they that the CIA knows that high profile people like Bill Clinton who went down to Pedo Island I don't what on the Lolita Express what twenty five to fifty times he you know they knew that there were um, high level officials running around with Epstein doing God knows what so it kind of makes sense that they might have said hey you know work with us you know we'll give you a break on some prosecutions here if you gather some information that we can use against people, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Do you? No, honestly, I think that would explain a lot. I think that there's a lot that doesn't add up to me and I'm still trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But I think if that's one of the missing pieces that would explain so much about Mm -hmm. the circle the people he's hanging out with, um, and the and the and the frequency and many other things. Who, who maybe there was a massive data collection operation going on as well. Um, who knows? But I, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility. It's certainly on the table. I don't know. I, maybe there's more information that will come to light that will sort of confirm or or deconfirm that that you know theory. But I, I certainly think that that's plausible. I don't know how plausible, but I would buy that. I would not be surprised well, if that's the case. Well, look, Congressman Tim Burchett, we played the clip on the show a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. He's like, you ever wonder why a Republican, he, you know, he was talking about the Epstein flight logs, yep. right? And why he got involved. Um, because going back to his, you know, state legislature days, he knows how things work, right? And he said that he, this is why he jumped in from the House side, because Marsha Blackburn on the Senate side was, was, you know, getting bumped up against by Republicans to stop the release of the flight logs, right? And he's like, look, you ever wonder why a Republican votes a certain way against how they've campaigned? Well, maybe because they were found naked. They got naked in a hotel room with the wrong person. And now it comes time for a vote and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, you might not want to vote that way. Because you were, you were naked in a hotel room with the wrong person. Right. So I believe absolutely. In fact, the documents show reportedly uh, that uh, the director of the uh, CIA, William Burns, had scheduled three meetings with Epstein in 2014. At the time, Burns, he's now uh, head of the CIA. At the time, he was deputy secretary of state. And according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, they reported this last April, uh, they met in D.C. at Epstein's townhouse in Manhattan. In 2019, Vicki Ward for the Daily Beast wrote a story about the Justice Department's 2007, quote, non-prosecution agreement with Epstein. Where others might have gone to prison for similar crimes, Epstein reportedly made a deal with the U.S. Attorney's Office and avoided prosecution for sexually abusing young girls. Um, uh, you know, he, um, so I guess that the, some of these some of these deals were about, it's kind of like, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You get the goods on people that we can use against them, and we'll give you a break on some prosecutions. So, and it, and I also have to wonder, you know, if that uh, that kind of thing also involved the UK and uh, Prince Andrew. So, look, our government is completely corrupt. There's also member and remember the um, brothel story 
that mm-hmm. was recently reported. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, that's now I saw an article the other day saying that that was part of a honeypot operation. That, uh, that, that, that this brothel was set up to lure in high-level officials to get information from them and also have some goods to use against them. So, you know, I think, I think Matthew, uh, uh, Madison Cawthorn, I think, has been completely vindicated um, because, uh, you know, we, we've got, we had the Senate staffer having gay sex in the Senate room. We've got brothels, honeypot operations, running brothels to use against our high-level military, high-level elected officials. Epstein now, you know, running a blackmail operation through the CIA. Um, skeevy, skeevy, skeevy. It doesn't necessarily have to involve children to be to be worthy of um, uh, a blackmail operation. And then, of course, we've got a taxpayer-funded account that pays for sexual harassment accusations against the politicians. Oh, what a tangled web of depravity we have going on in D.C. Sesame, your thoughts? Yeah, it's it, it really just speaks volumes about the character and the the corruption in D.C. It's so the swamp is just so smelly. You can smell it from here all the way across the country, truly. And I don't know. Again, I the, just because it's depraved and immoral doesn't necessarily mean this is all criminal per se. Some of it, I'm sure, is it's all highly unethical and immoral. Right. And that's the big takeaway yes. is you just got to wonder who is leading us right now? Let's take a look at mm-hmm. the at the personal lives of the people in power right now in this country. Drugs, sex, uh, all with each other, crazy, wild, w- whatever sex drug parties. And, of course, that goes on top of all the corruption, the cover-up. Something about Bill Clinton intimidating news outlets away from mm-hmm. covering Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, it's just so disturbing and and it, it particularly because i would like to think that american presidents left or right aside are at least somewhat above the fray but that's not the case at least not anymore i mean from bill clinton to joe biden it's nothing but a lack of decency the decency on the ballot give me a break i mean it's 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 truly disturbing and disgusting and it's embarrassing by the way this is our ruling class i can't believe well, that look- more people aren't just ashamed like like you were saying the other night shunning shaming we got to bring some of this back because we're just we're normalizing degeneracy in every single way possible and we're pushing people well progressives are at least to be the worst most sinister version of themselves and it's it's really just disgusting the amount of cultural rot at, at, at the at the center of this country right now is is astounding to me well yeah and and speaking of bill clinton you know, oh, it, you know, it's uh, when he lied under oath and the whole Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky thing, mm-hmm. which is memorialized in a painting with Bill Clinton in a blue dress hanging in Epstein's house. Um, it was uh, the Democrats were um, defending it as though, you know, it's it's, you know, about, you know, the issue is just between him and his wife. No, he was diddling an intern in the people's house. Okay which was sexual harassment and abuse of power. And the defense of that went a long way into leading to where we're at right now. Um, but of course, the Democrats have always been depraved. I mean, you know, back under the, you know, the whole Camelot thing was a complete farce. JFK had a revolving door uh, with women being brought into, one of which I believe was a teenager, 
Um, uh, uh, there's pictures of, a, I think, a teenager in, in the pool at the White House. So oh, um, at least at least at that point, they were trying to hide it. At least there was a pretense of morality in our country. Yeah, at least a thin a thin veil of legitimacy veil. and morality, and and that's gone. And on that note, I'm not sure if you heard, but apparently Epstein or some of his close contacts wanted to create this super race of human beings, and apparently he wanted to have thirty to fifty different women and get them all pregnant at the same time. And literally, I mean, it just the the amount of depravity and forethought that mm-hmm. went into this. I it, and this is what. I don't know if you saw that clip of Ricky Gervais from a couple of years ago at the Oscars calling it out and, and calling it. No, what did he say? Well, you know, th- there was that clip at the Oscars where he's basically like, I can't believe you guys keep letting me host. I hate this. Um, and he was talking about some movie on Netflix about a guy that kills himself, but then doesn't. And then he made an Epstein joke and everybody in the room just gets really awkward and uncomfortable. And the look on Tom <laughs> Hanks face is pretty priceless. Um, but it, it, it's like this thing that everybody in that industry knows about and nobody has the courage to oppose it or stand up against it. And that is a whole other criminal aspect of this as well. The, the cowardice, the enabling, the fact that so many powerful people know exactly what's going on and have never said anything about it and never done anything to stop it. That is a whole other dimension of this. All the accomplices to this trafficking blackmail operation. Yeah, you know, I saw a screenshot of somebody. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what Epstein was involved in and that there was some, you know, master, you know, Stepford wives, you know, perfect woman, you know, um, plan going on there. Um, I took a screenshot of somebody who had said um, that uh, what the real cover up is about is that that uh, the Epstein crimes went from pedophilia to the murder of women. And that's really what the cover up is about. Um, I, 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 that, I, that I'm not sure I buy into, you know, I think, I think, I don't think we need to go into, um, although Rudy, Rudy Giuliani said today, there was a time where the, uh, Epstein pedo Island was considered a conspiracy theory. I haven't heard any allegations so far of murder. So I don't think the conservatives need to be glomming on to, um, that with, without even, it, there hasn't even been anything remotely um, you know, um, related to murder in the allegations so far. Um, all right, let's take a break. We come back. Uh, I want to get into something positive tonight. Tonight's just been some really tough stories. And I actually have a, a nominee for Hero of the Week I want to share with you guys when we come back. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Why wait till Friday to give a good news story? In fact, uh, I think it was the week before Christmas we were doing throughout the week some positive good news stories, and I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> Let's get back to it, shall we? Um, the, although this story is a little bittersweet, it's about a teen. Uh, in Texas, who uh, she and um, her boyfriend and a friend were in a car. Um, There was a road rage incident, and um, 
somebody was shooting at the car and this 17 year old driver, Louise Jean Wilson managed to safely steer her car off the road after being fatally shot in a road rage incident. So there's a road rage, rage incident. She's driving, they're being shot at. And after she gets shot, she still managed. And it was, it was done intentionally. She still managed, um, to uh, get her uh, car off the road um, to save the life of her friends, and then she died. So um, to have the presence of mind to safely pull over and save the the lives of her passengers uh, was, uh, it, it, quote, was it was a, a heroic act for her to be able to get that car to the side and stopped with the injuries that she sustained. So um, a second male passenger was not injured. Uh, one male passenger was hospitalized with a gunshot wound and released. So um, just heartbreaking that she died. But as her parents said, she ended up dying a hero. She was shot through the heart, and yet she was still able to safely pull the car over and save people in her car and other people who were driving. She wanted to help people, and she helped them. Uh, her father said, what a story, Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, that's truly incredible. I mean, the, the will to survive, the will to protect your loved ones, even as mm-hmm. everything is shutting down. That's, it's remarkable. It's truly one of the many, many things that's very special about human beings who are made in the Lord's image and likeness. We, we mm-hmm. are special. Um, and the human, the human spirit really is just a very, very precious thing. I mean, wow. And, you know, and what had happened was that sparked off the road rage, rage incident was that she, it, they, they, it was dark. They, she and her friends had, had gotten up early. They were going to go and see a sunrise. And I guess wow. she accidentally cut off a dr- another driver on the road. I mean, like she didn't do it on purpose, but even if she had, I mean, you're, you know, you opened fire on somebody. This is what we were talking about last hour in terms of, you know, the left pushing for gun control, the rise in shootings is, is in, in correlation to the moral decay of our society. This young girl to be, to be murdered because, uh, because she accidentally cut somebody off on the road, that's, she deserves to die. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, let her legacy be one of, uh, you know, a, a true, truly a good heart and somebody who loved other people more than herself and um it's just at least her parents um said they said we know she is up there with god singing and dancing in the perfect peaceful landscape of heaven uh so she was somebody of faith and uh, is leaving that as a legacy um so even though her she died um in, in, in wrongly i still lift her up as as a hero and her death as one um as a nominee of hero of the week so uh if you guys have a nominee for hero of the week and and i like finding heroes of the week sesame that are just average everyday citizens you know that my heroes are do not wear um uniforms and play professional sports my heroes certainly aren't actors um my heroes aren't people that that are even those that struggle with something that was dealt to them right? Um, like Christopher Reeve was not a hero um, because he was a quadriplegic. He That happened to him. He didn't choose that. My heroes are people that choose to put themselves in harm's way, like our volunteer military who risk their lives and die 
uh, in service to their country or like police officers that are shot and killed in the line of duty. Um, those are my idea of heroes. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Email me, andreacasio.com, andreacasio.com with your suggestions for this week's Hero of the Week. Uh, do you have one already or are you still searching for a nominee for Hero of the Week, Sesame? I'm still, uh, I'm still looking. So if people have recommendations, I'm all ears. All right. And t- tell everybody where they can find you on the socials so they can share an idea. You can all find me at Riley Lewis 760 on X. Please reach out. All right. And we're going to be right back. So y'all don't go away. Another segment of the Andrea Kasia coming right up. AK dynamite in a dress or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. She's on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kasia. I'm going to quickly read a couple of emails I've got from listeners. Uh, this one says, my roommate always says they can't do that. It's unconstitutional. Well, they are doing it and no one's trying to stop it. If it's treasonous, unlawful, etc., why in the blank isn't it being stopped? It's disgusting, frightening, and I'm sick of it. Um, this regarding the border. Absolutely. Because as we talked about with Congressman Andy Biggs earlier, what's the point of Mike Johnson talking about new laws or this and that? They just don't bother to enforce the laws. And Andy Biggs says the way to make them enforce the laws is withhold funding, you know, the power of the purse strings. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, Frankie says, Mardi Gras is asking for you. All of the small and large bands are popping up everywhere. I mean, seriously, the trees are even growing beads now. Oh, Mardi Gras season is almost here. King's Day will be with us launching off um, King Cake season coming up soon. And I, boy, I wish I was down there with y'all, Frankie. Um, Let's see, one more, a couple more emails here. Uh, Sean says, nice to hear your voice in the beginning of 2024. Also, I appreciate your opening tonight talking about the Lord in your life. I like the boldness when you can. And it's nice how the Sesame Brock will chime in about the Lord, too. Um, you know, my show isn't necessarily. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. My show isn't necessarily a Christian content show. Um, but just as though this country was never about separation of church, you know, God and state. Um, separation of church and state just means that the government's not supposed to be forcing a particular religion on you. Uh, we are founded on Judeo-Christian principles and values. I am a Christian, and it colors every view that I have. And because it colored the views of our founders, and um, that's where I'm coming from on that. Um Anything you want to add to that, Sesame Broccolini? I know we were going to talk about Trump and the VP, but in the time we have left, I thought you might want to respond to this. I mean, it's it's, it's just an important point to rec- you know to just mention because, like you're saying, this is a free country. You can believe in what and think what you like. At the same time, the founding fathers were coming from a particular context, and the whole foundation of what we're doing is a voluntary union of states around the idea that your rights come from God, your creator, not from the government. So I do think it's important that we bring up, you know, keep that overarching moral framework and that, that you know, um, truth at the center of what we're doing, because I, I, I could find a hundred different ways to argue for the existence of God. Um, whether or not you want to believe in God or have a relationship in him, that's up to you. But I, 
that that is the basis, the foundation, the bedrock of literally everything that we're doing here. And I think it's a shame that we've taken God out of political discourse. So I'm going to find ways to insert him back into the conversation whenever I can. Well, me too, in part because there is a war against Christians going on in this country right now. Uh, there was an article recently or a clip that I heard. I can't even remember. I meant to, I meant to, to download it. And uh, it's, it's the, the, the threat of right, you know, Christian, it was specifically about Christians voting in 2024. And um, we know that we're under attack. We know that because we see it happening politically. We know that when we've got um, satanic displays everywhere, when kids can't have in school campuses, you know, Christian organizations, but we've got satanic groups popping up in schools across this country. Uh, we know that there is, it, when you can't have Christmas on a calendar anymore, school teachers can't wear a cross. Um, it, there is a war on Christianity in this country. We're being targeted. It's one of the things that they consider, uh, why they consider white supremacy. Uh, and the counterterrorism unit uh, goes after uh, right-wing extremists. That's one of the categories. And um, is that if you, if you um, are, uh, they don't say that if you're a Christian, but the FBI, Christopher Ray tried to hide it. But why do you think that the FBI had a program going on where they were going to be infiltrating Catholic services? Because we are considered a threat. And because, quite frankly, we are. We are a threat to the communist movement in this country. Why do you think they've been pushing to replace God with state? They can't get, they can't complete their transformation with Christianity. They can with Islam, but they can't with Christianity being at the root of this foundation. And that's why every effort that they have to destroy the, this foundation of the country involves destroying Christianity. Am I wrong, Sesame? Not at all. Not at all. Spot on. Um, I don't, uh, do we have time to get into the VP thing or are we going to uh, have to save that for tomorrow night's show? I, I think we might have to save it. I think we have to save it. And we, well, maybe you guys want to weigh in on it. President Trump has said today uh, that he doesn't think that choice uh, that uh, whoever gets, you know, that VPs uh, don't really make a difference in the grand scheme of things in a general election. Do you agree or disagree? Do you think that the choice of a VP swings the election in any way into a general email me at andrewkshow.com andrewkshow.com we will be back tomorrow night for our friday night edition thanks to the guests tonight congressman biggs john lott tim rivers thank you sesame broccolini we'll uh, download the podcast if you miss any part of the show and we'll see you tomorrow night